Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Hey, last week we've just kicked off this fall fall season and just really felt in my spirit it was just a season to stretch a little bit. Uh, I know God was challenging me personally and then challenging the staff and and then I want to challenge you and challenge this church to let's stretch a little bit. Let's go beyond where we currently are. Let's not be comfortable. Let's not be satisfied. God always has more. And in fact, the truth is, and the reason why a rubber band was the illustration, is we, we tend to live life like this, but God created us to live life like this. I mean, the whole purpose of a rubber band, its most effectiveness is when it's stretched. That's when it's most useful. And I want to encourage you, stretch your faith a little bit. Find ways that you can be stretched. And I know God is faithful to meet you where you're at. And so I want to encourage you in that so you can grab those. So in line with that, I'm kicking off a new series underneath, if you will, the season of stretching. I want to stretch you some. And so I really felt impressed today. We're going to give you an intro for the series, September, probably all of October as well. And we're just calling digging at well, digging wells. We're digging wells or digging deeper, actually, I think is what we're calling it, digging deeper. And so I really want to just press into some of the things that, that are really core values for us, for every believer. I think sometimes we just get caught up in life and we forget to go back to the core of who we are. And we can always uh, revisit that again and dig a little bit deeper. For some of us, it will be the first time maybe we hear some of this. For some of us, it'll be first time in a long time or something we need to go and really revisit and, and maybe just unclog, I'll say it this way because we're getting ready to talk about that, unclog the well of life that God has had someone dig um, in, our, in our past to set us up for our future. And so when you came in today, you had a spoon given to you. I hope that you had a spoon. I just want you to know at Tree Life, we spare no expense on the things we give you. Rubber band last week, spoon this week. Man, we love you. You guys are so valuable to us. <laughs> but anyway, so, uh, uh, what I want you to do while we're talking about the message today is I want you to think of this spoon as a shovel. I really couldn't afford to give you all shovels. But anyway, so think of this as a shovel. Let's use our imagination. The Holy Spirit will help us this morning. And I really want to talk about digging deeper, digging wells. In fact, again, the series for this next two months is going to encompass that. Um, that really represents a shovel for you and I to dig the wells or redig the wells that God has for you in your home and in your family. And there, there are, uh, were some wells dug by, by Abraham. We're going to start there this morning in Genesis 26, 18. So if you would turn there for me, Genesis 26, 18, let's jump right in. It says this, and Isaac, this is Abraham's son, Isaac dug again, say again. He dug again, so something had already been dug previously. He dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. For the Philistines, Philistines representing uh, the enemy, in the scripture it's always the enemy or the enemy of God. For the Philistines, or the world, we'll say it that way, had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. Verse 19 goes on and says this, uh, also Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found a well of running water there. So here's what we see. We see Abraham had dug some wells. And that's, that's a big deal because as you can imagine back in that day, um, as it is today, so water is so precious and so valuable. In fact, if you owned a well of water, it'd be like owning an oil well. I mean, you were a wealthy person. It was hard work to, to locate a place or to dig a well. Um, you don't have all the machinery, obviously, that you did today. So if you're going to dig a well, you're committed to get some hard work done. But the reward was amazing. You would find the source of life, water. You would dig a well, and water would come up. There were some battles fought over wells to defend, protect. There are uh, wells were needed just to, not to survive, for people to survive. But wells were needed for to, to uh, water crops. Wells were needed to water animals. And it says Abraham had dug some wells, 
And then it said his son Isaac was coming to redig them because the Philistines had filled them in. And uh, that's so interesting to me because it, it's funny that Abraham had dug the wells and he took time, energy, and effort. He's the one that established them. But here's one thing before we move on. Here's one thing I want to point out. Abraham wasn't digging a well just for him. Do you realize some of those wells are still producing water today? But Abraham dug wells not just for him. Now we see his son coming and benefiting from him. But he dug a well not just for him. He dug a well for his son Isaac. He dug a well for his son, our grandson Joseph, and on down to generations. And I think that's important for you and I to remember because everything that we see in Scripture um, and the natural has a spiritual application. And so we're talking about digging or redigging the wells. And so as Abraham's example is, he dug wells for generations to come after him. We need to be mindful of that because Proverbs 13, 22, first part says this, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. In other words, let me say it this way. Another way to say that is a good church leaves an inheritance for its children's children. See, what we do is not just about you. When you get together and ready to come to church and parents or whatever, adults or whatever, it's church isn't just about you, it's about the next generation and the one to come after them. It's about your children. You should be here because of your children, if nothing else, and then your children's children and your children's children's children. In fact, you're doing things today by digging a well in your family or for your family that hopefully generations beyond you will benefit from that. And we have to keep that in mind. So we're digging or redigging a well or unclogging a well that has been dug for us. And so we just don't need to dig for us we need to dig for the generations to come. You don't just need to come to church for you, but for your children. They need a good church. Your, gra- your grandchildren need a good church. In fact, we have generations here, of three generations of a family. We even have a couple families, four generations of families here at Tree of Life and that have come through. And we need to make sure that we have a perpetual, Bible-believing, spirit-filled, faith-filled, lay hands on the sick, take authority over, reach and seek and save the lost. Come on, somebody, serve other people. Church that is ongoing long past us for our children and our children's children. We're digging a well because there's a good chance also that your children and grandchildren will be drinking from this well here. And the church should go from generation to generation. And every time we teach truth, every time we live truth, every time we love truth, We're securing a well for our next generation. Let's take a look at verse 18 again. Genesis 26, 18 says this. And Isaac dug again the wells of water, which they had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up, listen to what it says, after the death of Abraham. In other words, they waited till Abraham died to fill in the well. So apparently, Abraham did not let them fill the wells in. They probably came to try and keep God's people, but they were like not allowing. Abraham was not going to allow the enemy to come in and fill in or block them from the source of life because the enemy must have realized, well, if I can't block it or muddy the water or the well of Abraham, I'll wait for the next generation because then maybe the next generation won't be so intent on block or keeping me away. Maybe the next generation won't be so committed to the source of life. Maybe the next generation will be willing to compromise. Maybe the next generation will be willing to drink some muddy water. Maybe the next generation won't have enough courage to rise up and fight for the source. And I think that's honestly maybe what we look at today. I think, that, I think the reality is, I think for the enemy is smart enough that sometimes I think he just sits back and waits for the old saints to die. 
I think he's just waiting for the gray hairs to die out, right? I think he's waiting for the grandmas and grandpas. Why? Because I think he sees that there's generations out here that have forgotten or do not know or have not been raised to fight for the source, to not allow the world to come in and clog up or stop up the water of God, the source of life. Or we're so willing or we get so used or we, we compromise that we're willing to drink muddy, dirty water. And that never should be that way. And so the Philistines blocked it. There was still water there, but they blocked it or they muddied it. And so now that Abraham's dead, then they came in to do that in the hopes of that next generation wouldn't rise up and do what they need to do because Abraham had died. I know, I, I think that we have to be mindful of the, the way the world is changing, and I think that's probably a very smart strategy from the devil, but we need to be wise to his strategies, because if we all will just think back 50 years ago, I think back of my, my great-grandparents. I think it's my great-grandparents, as I know the family history on both sides, uh, of my mom and my dad's side, that really dug a well for the family. I think even farther back on my mom's side, but they, but they dug a well for the family. I think my dad's side, he had uh, my great-grandparents lived in Joplin, Missouri, and they were, they were founders of um, Assembly of God Church there, Second Assembly of God in Joplin, Missouri. And they're founders. I would go there as a kid with my grandma. My grandma would take us in the summertime, and we'd go and we'd see their name on a plaque as founders of, of the Second Assembly of God. You know what they were doing? They were digging a well for me. And I don't know what your family history looks like, and you probably don't all as well, but I dare say that a lot of us came up with a grandma or a great-grandma or a grandpa or somebody in our family digging a well that still has water today. That's why some of us are in church. You don't know why you're in church, but it was because your great-great-great-great-grandpa dug a well years ago and he trusted God and it still has living water and now today you find yourself in church not even knowing why. And it's because the family member dug a well. Digging a well. Undigging a well. Because the enemy, the world has dropped dirt in there. He's clogged it up. I mean, if you just think back a, a generation or two ago, it's like they saw things differently. Church was different for them. They didn't schedule anything else. Nothing else was scheduled on Wednesdays and Sundays. They, they understood the, the power of prayer. All night prayer meetings. I hear stories in my mom's on all night prayer meetings. See, I don't know if you ever heard this phrase. Have you ever heard the phrase, they prayed until they prayed through? <laughs> they didn't pray for 60 minutes. They might be there hours. Come on, somebody. Well, they might be there a long time. They don't leave prayer until they pray through. They pray all night. They will tarry until they pray through, right? And they know what that is. They, they know what it is to believe the word of God. They know what it is to walk by faith. They know what it is to believe in healing and believe God for the impossible. They know what it is to believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and have a personal relationship in their, and, and have their heavenly language. And the enemy knew that as soon as some of them would die off, that well, that family well could be filled in. The, the water could be muddied. See, the enemy wants to dirty up our worship. The enemy wants to dirty or muddy up our doctrine. It's amazing how much our doctrine has changed to accommodate people and to be politically correct. We change the doctrine to fit our life and we should change our life to fit the doctrine of the Bible. We can't change the Bible, we're, we're muddying up the doctrine. It's amazing how the enemy wants to dirty up our morality. Things that you wouldn't even think twice about years ago or question now seem to be commonplace. The enemy wants to dirty up faith. We've forgotten what it means to believe God for the impossible no matter what circumstance looks like. No matter what you're feeling, no matter what the doctor says, no matter what your bank account says. God can do all of it. And we, Sometimes maybe we've allowed the enemy to come in and dirty up our faith. We've forgotten about some of that. 
And so I'm determined here at Tree of Life that our children and our children's children, our children's children's children will drink from the same well that my parents drank from, that we drank from. The same well that was dug 38 years ago, my mom and dad. My mom's here in the front row. She's still digging a well. She's still a well digger. There you go. That's right, mom. Come on, you keep digging, mom. Get your spoon. That's right. That's right. My job, my job's out dig her. Good luck. My dad's been gone 24 years, but I'm still drinking from the well he dug. He's been in heaven with God, but I'm still here on earth drinking from that well he dug. Every once in a while, time to time, I gotta get my shovel out, and I got this shovel out here, but I gotta get my shovel out every once in a while, and I gotta get the dirt out of it. I gotta pick up the shovel, I gotta dig a little deeper, I gotta get this dirt out of it. I'm thankful that my dad and his granddad, and, and they did the hard work, they broke the ground up, and they stomped on the shovel thing, and they got that pick thing with a point on it, and pounding stuff, and all that big things, and cleared all that stuff out. I just gotta get my shovel and keep the dirt out. It's easy to allow that to come in, the enemy to come in and dirty and muddy the water. But from time to time, I gotta, I gotta dig a little, that's why they don't give me tools or sharp things. From time to time, I gotta dig a little deeper. Come on, we gotta unclog some of the wells that we've allowed the world to come in and clog and muddy the water, dirty the water. And I told you, I'm gonna stretch you. I'm gonna stretch you a little bit. I want you to come every week. We're gonna dig deeper in some wells. I, I need my kids. I need Callie and Camry to drink from the water of God. I need my grandkids in our here yet. It won't be for years in Jesus' name. I need them. And the, <laughs> I need my great-grandkids. I need them to drink from the pure water of God and not this cheap substitute and muddy down and politically correct and cultural compromise. That's not why I'm here. We need Isaac generations willing to get some shovels and let the enemy know he'll not be able to take away what the previous generation had obtained for us. See, the devil's trying to do everything he can to get the next generation to stop believing, stop trusting, stop living for God. Look at Judges 2.10. Look at what it says, Judges 2.10. We got it up there? Okay. When all that generation, listen, listen to this. When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord nor the work which he had done for Israel. There's a whole generation that did not know what God had done for his people. We cannot raise that generation. But what's gonna make a difference in them, it's not what we tell them, it's what we show them, and it's when they taste the water from the throne of God, they'll never thirst again. Not this compromise, not this, because we don't wanna hurt anybody's feelings, not this dirty, muddy water we're serving sometimes. They need to drink the true, pure, living water of God. I'm thankful for those that dug a well before us. I'm thankful that I can drink from it, my children can drink from it, my grandchildren, great-grandchildren drink from it. I'm thankful. And I'm going to have to do some digging from time to time. And let me say this, some of you, you didn't have that. I, I get that. I, I know that some of you probably are first generation Christians. But guess what you get to do? You get to dig a well. I don't know there can be any greater legacy left behind than a well of life from the throne of God for your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. Let it be said that if only our kids will love God. There's no greater legacy. But you get to roll up your sleeves and you get to dig and we're going to help you and work together and you can dig for the first time for generations to drink after you're gone. 
long gone. There's still water flowing. Water will still be there because you dug a well. Genesis 26 says they covered up the wells that Abraham dug and uh, they did not rename them. They did not rename them. We already read that in verse 18. Isaac redug the wells and he did not change the names. Interesting. Because you know, back in the day when they would dig a well back then, usually the well would be named perhaps after the person that dug the well. Maybe it was an event that took place, maybe it was a battle of sorts, but they would have a name that had meaning, it was there on purpose, and he did not change the name. And, and, and again, I think it's important for us to understand because we're changing the name of too many things. Not only are we digging or unclogging a well, a well that maybe our family members dug or people before us, but we cannot change the name. We cannot change the name. We don't change the name of salvation, the well of salvation. There is no other way to God except through Jesus. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what other people say. There is no other way to God except through Jesus, and we're not going to change the name to accommodate somebody who doesn't want to live that way. We're not renaming the well. It's Jesus only. And I'm not trying to be mean or ugly. I'm trying to just tell you the truth. I'm not going to rename that well. Sin is sin. All have sinned. All of us need a savior. That's not mean. All of us need a savior. We're not going to rename the well. If you sin, you repent. We're not trying to just blow it off for, so you don't feel bad. Why are we renaming the well? The well that God gave the name to. Deliverance and freedom is still there. Healing is still there. Blessing is still there. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how bad you've messed up or how far your kids have gone. God is still a good God, and we're not going to rename that well. We're not going to rename that well. We're not going to rename the well. The problem is we get used to drinking muddy water. And we still need to repent from our sin. We don't rename it for this generation. There are only two destinations that you can be headed for in eternity, either heaven or hell. There is no other. We're not gonna rename the well because someone doesn't believe that, that people can go to hell if God's a good God. It's your choice. We're not gonna rename it. We're not gonna, there's no in between. There's no com- coming back and no feeling good or whatever. That's heaven or hell. We're not gonna rename that. There's two choices. We're either living for Jesus or we're living for this world. There is no middle ground. We're not going to rename it any other way. Everyone needs Jesus. It doesn't work any other way. You can't have one foot in the world and one foot in heaven and live the way God wants you to live and have what God wants you to have. We're not going to try to rename it for the sake of being politically correct or culturally correct. We're not going to rename marriage. We're not going to rename the well of morality. We're not going to do that. Now I'm, wow, that's kind of hard. Well, well, you've already made your mind up in the first seven minutes. I could say, I could be hard as I, I want to be. You can still love me. <laughs> We're not going to be mean, not going to be ju- uh, judgmental. We're not. We're going to love with the love of Jesus, but we're not going to rename the well. We're not. We're not. The Bible is real and God is real. The reason we are not satisfied is because we're not drinking pure water. You'll never get satisfied drinking dirty water. You won't, because the Bible's real and God's real. And so we're going to redig or dig for the first time some wells. 
We're going we're gonna to redig or dig for the first time for some of you the well of the baptism of the Holy Spirit in this series. You need to come. Even if you think you know all there is to know about it, come. Maybe you've never heard about it for the first time, come. Maybe you've been told to avoid that, that's that cult church, come. Hear for yourself. And I know, I know that, that, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the heavenly language has been muddied by this world. Let me tell you what, the devil wants to throw dirt in that well because he doesn't want you operating in the power of God. That's the, that's the bottom line. And we're gonna call it what it is. Hey listen, I know that some of the dirt thrown in there is this crazy fanatical way that people live. Can I tell you though that before they had the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they were crazy already? It's just a... Because I love the person of the Holy Spirit. He's my best friend. I love, thankful for my heavenly language and I'm not crazy. I don't think. We're not gonna rename the well of faith. We still believe in healing. We still believe in signs, wonders, and miracles. We're still gonna trust God for everything, no matter what we feel, see, or hear. No matter. Faith has been muddied by people. That message of faith, that's faith people. Name it and claim it, or whatever, whatever they say, health and wealth. We're not gonna rename the well because it has been muddied by other people. We still believe that God heals. We still believe that God does miracles. That God, we're not gonna rename the well of giving tithes and offerings. We're not gonna rename that because it's been abused. It has. People in my profession has been abused. The late night preacher, send him $1,000, you'll get 1,000 miracles. It's not in my Bible. Give me a $1,000 offering, you'll get holy water from Jerusalem, which is really from Jersey, right? It's like a... I'm gonna start selling holy pond water here before long. (laughs) We're not gonna rename the well of tithing and offering. It is what it is. And God honors that. That's the pure water. That's where the blessing is. We're not gonna rename the offering of the power of God's word. Well, that was written 2,000 plus years ago. It's not even relevant today. No, it's always relevant. It's timeless. It's applicable every time we're going to talk about, we're going to rename, we're not going to rename the well the authority of God's word. We're going to stand on it. We're going to speak on it. We're going to learn from it. We're not going to rename the well of worship. It's easy for us to miss what worship is. We need to learn how important worship is in our life and why we worship, the power in worship, especially in the world we live in today. We need to be worshipers in the world we live in today. We need to dig and redig the well of worship. And I know, I know it's hard. I know it's hard for people to get here on Sunday mornings on, on time. I know that. I don't, no disrespect to that. Got a lot going on for sure. But I want to encourage you, and I want you to know this to make a different effort. Maybe undig the clog the well and dig some dirt out of there or whatever. But listen, make an effort because listen, worship is not just the warm-up band for the main event. It, it's not the, the previews to the movie that you're waiting to see. Worship in and of itself is extremely important. We need to make sure that we have time to get here and to connect. Worship is where we shake off everything that's been going on this week. Worship is where we do warfare. Worship is where we surrender to God. I worship my way to victory. So blessed, so blessed in worship today by my choosing and how I pressed in. We need to redig the well of worship. I heard this said one, one time, and I, 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 I should have followed it up, but one time said uh, in the area of worship or in life, the reason why we have so many young people, they said this way, that not really serving God. The reason why we have so many teen sickles is because we have so many popsicles. You can laugh or say, ouch. But if our pops would dig a well of worship that our teens can drink from, 
We'd have less teen sickles because we'd have less popsicles. So we're digging a well and worship. We need to dig a well and worship for our family. They need to see it. We need time in his presence. And I know the enemy is trying to throw dirt in your well, trying to stop it, muddy the water. The enemy's telling you, I know the enemy's telling you that your marriage is over and he throws dirt on it. He's telling you you're going to lose your job and he throws dirt in it. He says your kids aren't coming to church, not even talking about God and throws dirt on it. The doctor gave you a bad report. The enemy's throwing dirt in your well, telling you that you made a big mistake and God can't use you. He's throwing dirt and he's throwing dirt in your well. He doesn't think that you'll fight for it. He doesn't think that you'll be, be able to dig it out. He thinks you'll be okay with muddy water. He thinks you'll learn to live with it and accept it. Don't you dare be satisfied with dirty, muddy water when God gave us a, a pure well to drink from, from the throne of God. Dig a well or redig a well. And so I, and worship, let me, let me just say it this way because this is how it just hits, lands on me in my mind. So I know that's a, we're going to redig the wells of worship. So let me just challenge you and stuff on Saturday night. If sometimes Sunday morning you're just scrambling and hustling and should have got up earlier and we're all tired and stuff, can I tell you, on Sunday night, hey, listen, parents, gather your kids around and say, hey, tonight everybody's going to bed early. Ah, because I know you want to sleep and the only way is you can sleep is not sleeping later, it's going to bed earlier or get some more sleep, right? And when your kids and teens look at you funny and say, hey, guess what, we're going to dig a well. And then you get up early, so you get here early and then you get your kids checked in early and then you get your taco and then not only are you digging a well, you're providing for a well in India. <laughs> there you go. That's a win-win right there. Get you a taco, get you some coffee from the coffee shop. Then come in here early. And, and then when the usher tries to seat you where you normally sit and you say, I want to sit closer to the front because it's the splash zone. <laughs> and he looks at you funny, you say, hey, I'm digging a well with my family today. And then you come on here for worship. Don't wait for the third song to connect with God. Lift your hands immediately and connect with God before we even sing a word. You might be the only one in the building doing this and stuff. This, I'm digging a well. I'm digging a well. It's okay. Hey, how you doing? I'm digging a well. That's what I'm doing. And then when we start worship, if you want to clap, clap. If you want to shout, you feel a shout rising up in you, shout it out. If you want, if you want to dance or jump, dance and jump. If people are looking at you, hey, I'm digging a well. If you want to fall to your knees and just cry out to God, just cry out to God. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. You just, I'm digging a well, God. I'm digging a well for worship for my family, for my kids that, my, that I'll drink and my kids will drink from. If you want, if tears flow down your cheeks, you're like mine this morning. Who cares what anybody else thinks? You just dig your well. I'm just digging a well. I'm wiping Kleenexes, wiping tears from my eyes this morning, just digging a well. I'm just digging a well, God. You want to run a lap? Just don't run anybody over. <laughs> dig a well. People look at you funny. You think, what are people going to think? Here's what, if you see somebody doing something of that, don't judge them. Just look and say, Lord, bless that person as they dig their well today. Lord, encourage that person as they dig their well today. Lord, help that person on their knees as they dig their well today. And you know what? Don't worry about it when anybody else thinks, because they got their own well to dig. They got dirt to clean out of their own well. But we need to dig a a well of worship in a greater capacity. And let me, let me just say it this way. It's not what just happens here on Sunday. It's private worship makes your public worship so much more powerful. It makes that water so much sweeter. So we need to learn to be worshipers and dig a well of worship. Keep digging. But you know what? It's going to take sacrifice. It took sacrifice for Abraham to take the time to dig that well and defend it and pass on that inheritance to his son and his grandson. You know, in Genesis 22, 
God told Abraham to take his son Isaac up to the mountain. It says to offer him as a sacrifice. Offer his son Isaac as a sacrifice. God's promise to Isaac. Offer him as a sacrifice. See, God didn't make a suggestion. God didn't say, hey, Abraham, let me just, let me just suggest something to you. Let me just make this suggestion. Why don't you take Isaac up to the top of the mountain and sacrifice him? You know, he didn't suggest that Abraham make a sacrifice. He required it from him. He required a sacrifice from him. You want to be blessed? It requires sacrifice. Look what Genesis 22, 5 says. I got, I got to come to a close on all this. He says, and Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go up yonder and worship and then we'll come back to you. God told him, take his son to be a sacrifice. But look what Abraham said in faith. He says, we're going to go up and worship. We're going to offer worship to the Lord and then we'll come back to you. Worship is a sacrifice. If you want to drink from the well, you'll have to sacrifice. Get the shovel and dig the dirt out. You're not digging just for you. I'm not digging just for me. I'm digging for Jessamy. I'm digging for Callie. I'm digging for Camry. I'm digging for future grandchildren. I'm digging for future great-grandchildren. Hey, they've got to, hey, listen, they, my, my kids and my grandkids and great grand they've got to experience water from a clean well or it won't be real to them. The problem is that so many teens are dissatisfied with church or with God is because we've been feeding them dirty water that never quenches us. It was never meant. The only water meant to quench us where we'll never thirst again is from the throne of God. And how are our children going to experience that if we're not leading the way? If we're not digging or undigging or unclogging the well? We don't want dirty water. We don't want dirty worship. We don't want a mixture of the world and worship. It does not work. It's not powerful. It requires sacrifice. Listen to me. God will never take what you don't want, but he will ask for what you love. The problem is we want to give God just the things that we don't want. We, it's like this. It's like God's our goodwill. Right, what do you take to goodwill? Things that you don't want anymore, things that you don't need anymore, and then it makes you feel good. I'm helping somebody else, I'm gonna give you my leftover stuff, I'm gonna give you my stuff I don't want. I, I, seven minutes, you've already made a decision. I'm giving this to God and goodwill. God's not our goodwill. He wants your best stuff. We, we give stuff we don't want any longer, I don't love this anymore, he wants what you love most. See, God's a goodwill, not a goodwill. See what, I, see what I did right there? That's right. Yeah. That's okay. 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 <laughs> we need to dig, re, redig a well of faith. Everything we are, everything we believe, this church is built on faith. Listen, but look at Luke 18, 8. Look at this. This is, what, this is what Jesus said. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, this is what Jesus says when I come again. Will he really find faith on the earth? Think about that for a second. Jesus was questioning us before we ever left. When I come back, will I really find faith on the earth? Will people still be teaching about miracles? I mean, when I come back, will they still believe that people can be healed? When I come back, will they be teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit? The power of God? When I come back, will they still be teaching that God can do the impossible no matter what happens around you, no matter what it looks like, no matter what people tell you, will still people still believe that I can do the impossible? Jesus is questioning that, and we need to dig the well of faith or undig the well of faith. So we raise a generation that says, yes, God. 
yes, we are people of faith, and my children are people of faith, and my grandchildren will be people of faith, and my great-grandchildren, and we believe everything in your word to be true, no matter what we see, no matter what we feel, no matter what we've been told, when we will believe it till we're standing in front of you one day for ourselves in heaven, no matter what happens here on the earth. See, we need to get out the dirt of unbelief that's muddied us what we've listened to and bought into. See, I believe, I believe my family will be saved in Jesus' name. I believe they will all walk with him and follow the plan and purpose for his life. I believe my body will be healed no matter what it feels like, no matter what the doctors have told me. I believe my finances will prosper and all my needs are met according to his riches and glory. I believe my God can do it and I'll trust him to my dying days. Some of our, some of our worship has been buried, some of our faith has been buried. And we don't want to drink from a, just a bunch of, we, we, we don't want to be a church of just a bunch of politically correct professionals. We want to be the people that just dare to believe God. And every day we come, every day we come, we bring our shovels and just clear the dirt out. Clear their dirt out, God. And I know, and I thought about this, and that's a much smaller shovel. Here's what I thought. I thought, well, you just gave me a spoon. (laughs) And let me say this to this. That's all you need. I mean, we want to go and grab this one right here, right? I want to go grab this. But you know, you just need to start right here. I don't know if I had the faith. I don't know if I know how to just, that's a big, start right here. Just one spoonful. How am I going to move this mountain of dirt out of my well? One spoonful at a time. Just one spoonful at a time. That's all God's asking you. One spoonful today. Tomorrow, worry about another spoonful. Maybe take two. The next day, maybe a, t- a second or a third one. Maybe then. Just start right here. But you got to get the dirt out. For some of you, start digging. You're digging a well for the first time, but you're digging a well. You're leaving a legacy that nothing else can compare. A legacy behind for your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren to drink from the well of the life, love, and power of God. See, we don't want muddy water. We don't want more compromise than conviction. And we don't want to be more passive than powerful. Because God is a good and faithful God. But we need to redig the wells of those that have gone before us. Or we need to start a well today for those that come behind. God is a good and faithful God. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to gather in your name today, Father God. And my heart and my hope, all joking aside, that it, that landed the way that you intended, Father God, in a way that would stretch us a little bit, challenge us perhaps, and that's good because we can't stay the same. May we not be satisfied with where we are today, Father God. And I pray that the Holy Spirit speaks to each and every person on where they are at, Father God. Nothing meant mean or judgmental, but Father God meant to be truth. It's the truth that sets us free. I pray that every one of us, Father God, today makes a decision, Lord, that today is the day that we pick up our shovel and we start. One shovel at a time. And tomorrow's a new day and the next new day, Father. Just one little spoonful maybe, Father God, but today we, we made progress. Pray, Father God, that Lord, you just help us unclog the dirt. We have to be honest and transparent, unclog the dirt in our life. And maybe for the first time, Father God, be determined right now, right today, right here, we start digging. We're not just for ourselves, Father God, but for those that come behind. 
We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.